What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Big Facts No Cap, the only podcast that's number one with Lionel Messi and Paul when he eats barbecue and gets all messy. I'm Adrian, as always, here with Paul. Let's get big factin'. Let's get no capping. Big Facts No Cap Big Facts No Cap No Cap Big Facts No Cap So it's Lionel Messi and not Lionel Messi? You know, there's a lot of different ways to pronounce a name, and uh, we have to be okay with that and respect people's differences. Okay. I do kind of like the uh, slack-jawed American way of saying it. It sounds like when it, it, it has like a, almost like a, a fun grossness to it, kind of like a, hearing somebody say the word like Philet Magnon, like there's something... Mm-hmm. Uh, that, it's like Uncanny Valley almost. Yeah. yeah Lionel I will say, Messi. I like that boy, Lionel Messi. I really like this player, Theo Hernandez. I know everyone's telling me that his name is Teo, but I'm American. That's how I'm going to pronounce it. It's Theo to me. <laughs> um, that was a real YouTuber who I watched. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of a centrist on this point, and I kind of did mean what I, what a kind of jokey, like, polite response to have about it. But yeah, because I, I, like, I think Adrian from Rabona TV is awesome. But him, and I told you this before making fun of English people for like, yeah, he's going to move to the Premier League and people are going to call him Ruben Diaz, even though his name is Ruben Diaz or whatever. I was like, all right, I don't know if everyone needs to say it that way. <laughs> I think Ruben Diaz is fine. No, no, Not no. Not everyone needs to say croissant. <laughs> There's no P sound in Arabic. You have to start pr- calling me Boulous. Oh, let the bull loose. <laughs> uh, have you ever heard that? It's one of the funniest arguments for... Uh, for, for racism? For racism. And you know I I'm a I'm a connoisseur. I'm always, you know I'm always trying to figure out which what's the right side, and I'm looking at all the arguments. <laughs> I'm a connoisseur of funny arguments for and against racism. Uh, but wait, was I right at guessing what you're about to talk about? Or? Yeah, there's <laughs> oh, like a funny. you know how like there's a Zionist argument that Palestinian people don't exist, that the land was empty mm-hmm. forever. One of the parts of that argument is that. Palestinian people can't exist because there's no P sound in Arabic. So how could they have been a people? Whoa. Holy shit, I'm on their side now. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And Arabic people definitely don't pronounce it Palestinia. Mm, they don't. You're right. Yeah, they don't. As much as I know. <laughs> that was me making that up right there. That, <laughs> I think they just they just call it Chirac over there, don't they? <laughs> I'm from the Berg, not the Burbs. That's what they always say. <laughs> Cool, that's a fun topic to start off on. Hey, okay, okay, let's bring it back a little bit more local. I heard that the grad students in the UC Davis system are throwing up a little bit of a stink. Yeah, we're all being little stinkers, that's what's going on. <laughs> we're entitled little brats, I'll tell you what. Um, yeah, I feel like in the final cut of um, Connor's episode, we didn't get like a clean taker explanation of it. But uh, yes, uh, Adrian is currently on strike. Uh, academic workers in the UC University of California system are on strike. 48,000 academic workers across the 10 campuses are on strike. It is the largest strike of academic workers in the history of the United States, and I've been a part of that this week. I don't want to speak about it too much. I think it's going well. It's been an amazing thing to be a part of. Please support us if you can. Oh, yeah. Uh, We put links to donate on the last episode, and we'll do that again. But are you worried that being a part of this podcast is, you know, I mean just doing free labor now like i'm i'm personally worried that you're gonna that you're gonna take initiatives that strike against this podcast 
I might just, but, uh, Paul, I think, um, uh, I, I enjoy the spoils and fruits of my labor from this job, mm-hmm. hobby, and so far I am content with it. But, you know, that's the thing about workers is sometimes they're always ready to strike. Sometimes it's, uh, it's about not being, uh, afraid to do so. Mm. So if you start making me come in on the weekend to record a podcast, I'm gonna fuck it. Wait, oh shit! <laughs> no, no, no. This is a hobby. That's how I justify the amount of time I spend on it. I always say people spend a lot of time on their hobbies, so it's not weird how much time I spend on this hobby. <laughs> I mean, that's what a hobby is—something that you use to distract yourself from uh, meaninglessness. Yeah. The did you watch Rami Yusef's? Did you watch Rami on a uh, uh, Hot Ones? No. That's uh, at one point he starts talking about poetry while he's like dying from a wing. And he's like, you know, it's just, it's like the milk is like poetry or whatever. It's something that you have just momentarily to stop yourself from feeling pain. And like, that's what poetry is. And he's like, did I just figure out what poetry is? (laughs) Did I just describe the meaning of poetry? No, I thought poetry was, uh, I am one of those people who like has genuinely never felt super emotional from a poem. You never watched, you never like uh, read a Rumi or a Rupi Kerr? Rupi Kerr. Yeah, you're right. It, when I read Ozymandias, I'm like, damn, everything does end. I can't be an emperor forever, no matter how much of a big shot I think I am. Yeah. Also, quick uh, quick voice announcement. Uh, I just woke up from a nap, and also I was around cats all morning, so that's why I might sound a little like... Um, also, I've been sick this weekend, so uh, good luck to you, Adrian, pulling out all the sniffles. This is going to be an episode where we sound a little bit off, and that's fine. Did you get anything today? I kind of mentioned a little bit of something about my day, but... Uh, no. Like I said, I've been feeling a little under the weather, so I've been taking Did you make yourself easy. a hot toddy? Keeping it sleazy. Uh, no. No. No alcohol. I'm not really feeling up to that yet. Hmm. All right, my man. We're gonna get sober sick Paul. Get ready for a fun one, folks. <laughs> I actually might make myself a drink later on. I did actually pull the clear ice out of the freezer. Ooh, so. clear ice. Yeah, I learned a trick that if you just make it in, like, Yetis, uh, it's a very cheap and easy way. Well, I guess a few already have the Yeti. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of overhead in that one. <laughs> you, you don't have to. Uh, if, if you if you don't want to invest in buying a clear ice maker, but you have a Yeti, you can just make it in there and then cut it up to the side of your glass to get nice big it, chunks of clear yeah. ice. It turns out if you can pay a local boy to go to the Antarctic <laughs> and get the freshest spring water and bring it back to you, it's really easy to just freeze it and then it turns clear and, you know, there's no impurities in it. Um. All right, well, I did some stuff today, so can I talk about that? Is that cool? Uh, I did some stuff today. I did a thing. World Cup started today, so I got up right and early to go watch the 8 a.m. opening game with my boy, Piercy Boy. Uh, A wacky way to start a Sunday. How did you feel about this controversy that apparently the Qatar refs were being, like, unfair during the game with Ecuador? Um, That is a known bias that happens uh pretty frequently throughout the world cup this is actually and this is a crazy ass statistic first time a host uh nation has lost the opening game oh whoa so i think that that, possible yeah i think that kind of speaks to like there's always going to be a little bit of a but sometimes the disparity in quality is just too apparent and ecuador man i forgot uh, valencia is that the guy like scored three goals one of them disallowed the first one that he scored like two minutes into the game would have been like you know that was that was would have been Maybe banger of the of the week, um, yeah, really fun game. And then just out of solidarity, wait, wait, and also he scored. Were, he so the game ended two zero because one goal was disallowed for offside. Di- okay, yeah. So I was gonna say, damn, that's crazy. So they stole the hat trick from him, and they still had to take the L. Like, real yeah. shame. 
I mean, I wouldn't say stole. I would say it's one of those things where, like, the game's gone. But, like, yeah, it was a very, very tight VAR decision, but technically the correct decision. Um, Yeah, and then out of solidarity and also because I was doing my laundry at their apartment complex, I stuck around to watch the... uh, I think, actually, that might have been my first entire full football game that I watched on TV. And it was the lowest scoring match of, like, maybe the last year or two, uh, Patriots versus the the Jets. It had an exciting ending, so that was kind of cool. Pierce was really mad because it was, like, the end of the game. He was like, all right, this is going into overtime. Fuck this. I'm just going to go start getting ready for Friendsgiving. And then he just hears me, like, shouting in the, at the under at, downstairs being like, holy shit. <laughs> holy shit. Last eight seconds, and he runs it in for the touchdown. I get football now. <laughs> I was going to say, damn, like, you very quickly and newly grew an appreciation for football to the point where you were screaming at the tv i wasn't being that loud i was more putting my hands up and being like Woo! and then you were I, like Goal! <laughs> oh that is the thing is that we didn't get uh the world cup game on fubo because he pierce found out that it's also on peacock and peacock it was only available in spanish and he was like i should go find the english one and i was like no 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 let's watch it in spanish that's gonna be better <laughs> and it was um what else i went to an improv show last night that was super fun i got to see my old instructors perform and you know improv gets fucking memed on but goddamn, those sack comedy spot people are consistently hilarious i do want to give a quick shout out to my favorite skit of the night there was uh they were doing like interviews to get ideas for skits and so they asked a couple like oh, how do you guys know each other and they're like oh we met in undergrad we uh met at a club it's a white guy asian wife and they're like oh cool do you want to be any more specific about what club and he was like so look my all of my roommates were Asian American, and they told me I should go to the Asian American club with them. <laughs> but he's like super hesitant to say that. And so one of Justine, who is uh, my old instructor and is Asian, her skits was she like brought everyone up and be like, "Come on, go, go!" And then she was like, "It was her and six white dudes," and she was just like, "Asian club's not the same anymore, is it, guys?" And that was all she had to do to get like a huge fucking laugh for her. One of the skits that was so funny. <laughs> oh, I have one more last thing. Um, we mentioned. Uh, I think to get the song for the uh, playlist, which I, you know, we haven't shouted out in a long time. If you guys don't know, we have a playlist um, of every song mentioned on Big Facts No Cap. It's called Big Facts No Cap. Look it up. It's a public playlist. It has a B as the picture. Uh, check it out. It's pretty fun. It's kind of a cool way to go through the history of the podcast. Um, but to put Field Medic on there from yesterday, I went to a Spotify page and I really liked his most popular song right now, which is a song I made up to stop myself from having a panic attack just now. And uh, it's a nice little calming song if you want to do a little meditation for the day. Just take one minute out of your day and do that. It's been a while since we've talked about white Buddhism, the coolest religion. Mm. Not all meditating is white Buddhism, Paul. That's true. That's true. But all white Buddhism is about meditating. I cannot confirm or deny. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's anything I should bring in for the media roundup. Did you get any feedback from uh, the guest app? I feel like this is the first one in a while. Yeah, Connor's a very good dude, man. Very shocked to learn that he was in the same frat as Mark. He really did not give off frat vibes, but I guess... Sasuke Uchiwa. (laughs) Sasuke Uchiwa. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But that's the past. We're looking towards the future, Paul. Do you want to get into the theme, or do you have anything else you want to talk about? I feel like uh, we can bullshit some more. Let me think if I have... uh, Support the workers. Talking about... Did you ever, talking about solidarity with workers, did you ever see that, uh, did you ever see the, uh, Trevor Noah bit about, uh, about how the striking mine workers in South Africa were getting a little too rowdy and maybe deserved to be shot by the police? You've told me about this before. It's one of your gripes. It's it one is of your one big of my gripes big with gripes. Trevor Noah. Yeah. 
And I stand by that gripe. I think it's one of the most horrid bits I've ever seen anybody do who now goes on to have like a, I'm a lefty sort of political career. Uh, yeah, you know, everyone's got Jack Skellingtons in their closet, <laughs> uh, including Trevor Noah. <laughs> Not, no, everybody's got Skellingtons in their closet. Don't say <laughs> oh, Jack. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Honestly, people we need to have on for return visits include Phil some more, and mm-hmm. we should probably have Connor back on at some point. I think there's more to hash out. I think we need to talk to him about general stuff and not just let him talk about his niche interests. <laughs> I would love to hear his takes on just general stuff. Uh, yeah, we need to uh, do a better way to wrangle him in. <laughs> yeah. I want to hear I want to hear more of his thoughts on Sasuke Uchiwa. <laughs> also shout out to the uh the dude from the international who said that he's gonna listen to my podcast i hope you're i hope you're digging it right now <laughs> i know that this isn't for you at all as like a 50 year old guy who works at an automobile plant in ohio but i hope you're liking it i hope you're having fun Ooh, what type of work does he do because if it's like something where they let him listen to stuff at work like he's got a lot of time to oh yeah no he said like i drive a bunch for my uh job too so like i just have time to listen to things Hey, if you're uh, if you're in a union, you get free access to all our episodes. Make that part of your contract. <laughs> um, okay, other stuff to bullshit about. You seen this Wakanda forever? Yeah, what kind of stuff is that? Did I tell you that? You know how usually um, it goes the other way around, but uh, Dorley was telling me like, well, if you need your like, if you need to do something today and get your mind off of things, you should go watch the Black Panther movie. There's so much cool latino representation in it and i just told her i was like i don't think our liberation is going to come from representation in a marvel movie and she was like okay that's a valid critique (laughs) (laughs) and that's just my way of telling my sister specifically i don't want to go watch a dumb superhero movie (laughs) um but if you want to use it with other people as well feel free yeah yeah okay that's good to know that's good to know nobody has pitched that i should watch the uh marvel tv show with the Arab in it, but uh, now oh, okay. I know what to say if they do tell me oh, to. Oh, yeah. Mrs. Marvel, or what, what's her name? <laughs> Madame Marvel. The Marvelous Madame Miss- Marvel. The, the Marvelous <laughs> Miss Marvel. <laughs> the Marvelous Mrs. Marvel's Wonder Marble Emporium. <laughs> okay, we could get into the theme, man. Let's get into the theme of Reno, man. It's a big one. It's a big one. This is for, I know not everyone here is a sporty jock boy, but we have a pretty sizable international audience, and I think they want to hear our takes on this. The World Cup. The World Cup. All right. Are we going to concentrate more on the soccer or the social aspects surrounding the World Cup? We've done the soccer episode. Let's talk about the social aspects. Let's talk about, let's chop it up about whether or not, is it even ethical for us to be promoting the World Cup explicitly or in any way in which we don't explicitly denounce it? Well, you're watching it, so. Shut up. No, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up, man. You know, it's I'm definitely so... not going to catch every single game, no matter what. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's so easy to make a comment on whether or not that is moral if I've never cared about it that much in my past. I, if I was a big soccer fan, I'd probably watch it too, man. I'm sure John Oliver's watching it, so I think that means I'm allowed to watch it, because he's center-left God. <laughs> and if he's doing it, then I can do it. Is there any notable exceptions or any like cool entries into the uh into the group stage that don't usually make it or any countries that usually do that didn't italy 
Obviously, they won the Euros, and then they fucked up their qualification campaign. They should definitely be there. Was there a game that really screwed them over more than another one? Or like, yeah, uh, they had a playoff against North Macedonia, and then Portugal had a playoff, and then whoever won those two games were going to face off for the final playoff. And Italy went out, they played terrible football, and then North Macedonia scored one goal at the end of the game. And so it was North Macedonia for, versus Portugal for that qualifying spot, and Portugal obviously won and made it to the to the tournament. But yeah, other than that, uh, you know, Russia's not allowed to compete. So that was, you know, they were, they did pretty well. They almost beat England to, in like the round of 16 or like round of eight last World Cup. So I guess they're kind of a notable miss. But yeah, other than that, a lot of the standard fare and it's going to be really fun. And there's probably going to be some dark horses. And I think it's really interesting to like hear like Pierce and Nicole who like, you know, they know a little bit about soccer, but like, People's biases of like a place like a country is really small or like a country isn't very developed. Well, of course, they're going to lose to the teams that I recognize. Like people really kind of go straight to that if they're like trying to call a game. And, you know, that's the beauty of soccer is that anybody can win. It's 90 minutes and whoever ends up scoring the most goals wins. And sometimes that's a little bit a little bit of a topsy turvy ride. Favorite World Cup memories other than Zinedine Zidane headbutting the other guy. Oh, okay, okay. I've got two. I've got two. One. And my sister still makes fun of me for it. Uh, I was a Germany fan as a kid because my dad was a fan of Germany because the way my family works is that we're from Guatemala and we have never been in a World Cup. And so we kind of just have to choose other teams that we like for whatever reason. So my mom loves Argentina because she loves the culture. She loves the place. Uh, my sister was a Brazil fan, kind of in a bandwagony way, I think. My dad was a Germany hey, and Netherlands Shout fan. Shout out to uh, Dorling. <laughs> Uh, my, my dad was a Germany and Netherlands fan because he grew up in a time where Netherlands was playing some of the best football in the world. And so was Germany. And like my dad has this whole spiel about like what I like about Germany is that like no matter what the score is, no matter who they're playing against, they always just play their best. And I really like that. So I was a Germany fan and 2002 World Cup, the final was Brazil versus Germany. And my sister still makes fun of me for crying at the end of that final because I was so emotionally invested in Germany winning that game. Ooh, we know Dorley hates to see men show their emotions. That's true. We know Dorley hates to see sensitive men. She really believes in gender stereotypes. Okay, and then my positive memory is that uh, around 2005 is when I really got into soccer and actually watching it and actually knowing players and playing FIFA all the time. I was a Milan fan, and so I knew a lot of the Italian players. I knew the Italian league. And so I went into the 2006 World Cup saying Italy's going to win. I'm rooting for Italy. I remember sitting on the couch in my parents' living room. Uh, I didn't, I wasn't a very artsy, crafty kid. So the best I could do is I took a toilet paper roll. I like took the cardboard and unrolled it, wrote Italia on it and put it on like a stick so I could like pretend to be rooting for them or whatever, <laughs> like have something to hold and like, uh, move up and down in support of Italy. Watching that final, uh, against France. Yeah. Where, where, where is it? Is it on headbutted? Uh, Maserati, I think. Um, yeah, just watching that game and, uh, and the win was incredible. And then I remember it's incredible that I published a paper for my first uh, field season in grad school based on how often I was willing to go to a bar at 6 a.m. to watch the World Cup games. Like I was so dedicated to it. Pierce was telling me today about how he distinctly remembers me telling um, a uh, Uber driver in San Francisco. It was like the week before the World Cup final or maybe like closer to that because we knew what the final was. It was going to be Croatia in France. And he was like, Croatia's going to win. He was like some guy from, I-, I don't know, he was an international man of some sort and he like knew about soccer and he was really passionate about it. And he was like, yeah, Croatia's definitely going to win. And I was like, 
Are you fuck? Are you an idiot? France is so good at set pieces. That's where they're getting their goals from. Croatia's weak on set pieces. Like France has so much depth in every like position. Are you? T- can you give me your number so I can call you when you're wrong about this? <laughs> uh, it was like a tw- like a like twenty minute ride across town, and I was just arguing with him about the final of that World Cup. And I'm missing a World Cup. That Spain World Cup. Oh yeah, I remember watching the final. Dude, Paul, do you know where I watched the final of the <laughs> of the 2010 World Cup? Where? I was in the upstairs playroom of one Sasuke Uchiwa. (laughs) (laughs) He keeps coming back, baby. He keeps Uh, coming back. So that's where I watched uh, Iniesta get the goal against Netherlands, where I was also rooting for the Netherlands Netherlands because of my dad's uh, biases. Um, And is that it? 2010, 2014, 2018? What was the 2014 World Cup? That was was South Africa. That had the uh, uh, waka waka eh. Yeah, so... I I love how yeah very clearly in my memory I was working at Trader Joe's when that final happened and so I was going into the break room going into the bathroom trying to figure out what the score was and that was the one where Germany won an extra time um from when Mr. Mario Gutz says amazing goal chested down volleyed in that was also the World Cup that had the 7-1 defeat of uh, uh Brazil by Germany so I remember that one as really clearly as well as they're watching that game and so there's two things one uh oh actually three things I'll tell you Paul do you have like I think for you, it's eight mile, right? Is like uh, something that you watch to like hype yourself up, or maybe that's just a drunk thing. Do you have something that's you watch to like hype thing. yourself up? No. Germany scoring five goals in like seven minutes or whatever against Brazil. Robert Lewandowski coming off the bench to score five goals against Wolfsburg. I think the compilations of both of those games, and then Rock Lee versus Gara from Naruto are like three videos that I will watch <laughs> if I'm like I just need to get pumped up right now and believe in my ability to do anything. <laughs> Um, cool, cool. That that was a lot of good World Cup memories. Uh, the more memeable stuff I know is, like I said, the headbutt, the Waka Waka AA song. Um, and then, yeah, my best memories of the World Cup are when I was in Lebanon when they were happening, uh, which, mm. because I went on a two-year cycle every other time I went, it was all lined up with the World Cup during, during the summer. Paul's choking up. He's so emotional. And... Yeah, those were actually, like, super, super fun growing up. Those are, like, because the whole city, like, stops for a game. Like, every bar is full. Every every place with a TV, there's, like, projections of it. There's everything is stopped for the game. And then afterwards, the fans for that team come out. And, like, whoever won, if you're a fan of that team, come out onto yeah. the street in their car, waving the flag of the team, driving down, literally just, like, taunting the other team. <laughs> It's, it's just, just like, like a MIA music video. It's like yeah, it's like just a bunch of rowdiness after the game. It's just like people just coming out, just having this like crazy time. Uh, yeah, that was a highlight from this morning. Is apparently Nicole's slightly more of a New York Jets fan than a uh, Pats fan based on her geographic location. And so when she mentioned that, I was like, "Get fucked, Nicole!" <laughs> just kept shouting at that at her. Yeah, as a kid, I was Since like, "Wait, as as long as I'm shouting." As long as I'm shouting about how much I dislike the other team, I'm allowed to sit on the windowsill with my body out of the car while we drive around. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, that's called window surfing. I used to do that all the time. My dad would let me do that on like old country roads back home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We would do that and stuff. And it was just like really fun as a kid. I don't know. Um, and then, yeah, you'd see like the other people who were on your side and you'd kind of like create a traffic jam and just do that. It was a good time. 
Yeah, those are always great. Like a Champions League final that we watched in Denver, the, the group next to us, when I was holding down the table for you guys for like an hour or whatever, I started talking to them. And he was clearly rooting for uh, Atletico Madrid and not Real Madrid. And so when Atletico got an equalizer at some point during the game, we just like look at each other and just hug each other. We're like, let's go, man, we're doing this. <laughs> and then we, a little tender kiss. A little tender kiss. I gave him a little peck. Eye contact. On his little pecker. I realized he wanted to meet me in the bathroom later. Mm-hmm. Would I be doing this? That was the bar where I made sure to tell Paul, keep your hands on your palm side up, not on your other thing, because that's where they're marking us if you're underage. I'm going to get you a beer. <laughs> and the woman comes by, sees that Paul doesn't have a mark on his hand, says, hey, I know you're underage. We're going to allow it because I don't have the time to deal with this right now, but I'm going to keep moving. <laughs> hey, we didn't get in trouble because of my charisma. Mm-hmm. Well, mostly because of the worker's lack of time. <laughs> or my charisma. Who can say? There's no way to test both those hypotheses. Yeah, it, 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 was, it wasn't a World Cup, so I don't want to get too off theme. But yeah, the Champions League game in, uh, in Denver was a fun time. Yeah. Um, Did you want to talk any more about the social aspects of it or anything else? Or uh, do you think, How do you think the U.S. is going to do? Are you rooting for the U.S.? I know Adam's a big, like, I'm from America. I root for the U.S. Like, they're my team. That's like, really let's stupid. Go. Let's make fun of Adam some for that. <laughs> I, I mean, I do, too. I mean, Pierce was asking me about what the U.S.'s chance of getting out of their group was. And I was like, I don't know. Wales is pretty good. You guys might be in trouble. And he was like, you guys, you're with us, too, aren't you? And I was like, no, I don't really root for the U.S. No, nah, man. Uh, I mean, I get rooting for the U.S. as your number one. But I feel like also if you're from the U.S., you should have another team that you root for. Like, Yeah. Shout out to Nicole rooting for Poland, her uh, her motherland. Yeah, I'm also rooting for Poland to beat Mexico. Come on, man. Saudi Arabia? Uh, I don't want to say anything about that. Argentina? I'm so tired of your mom's smug attitude about Argentina. I hope Poland crushes <laughs> them. Don't cry for me, Argentina. Um, No, I think Poland's definitely getting out of there in third. They're definitely not getting out of that group stage. Backline's too old. What, are they still playing like Camel Glick or whatever? Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> what are they still playing Camel Glyph? <laughs> this is just like <laughs> the Magic the Gathering joke they made in the last article. Uh, Unless you play your monsters ahead of your lands, am I right, folks? Come on now. Alright, I say cut out everything about the uh, social aspect of slavery and just keep the other stuff. That was a more fun conversation. <laughs> Alright, you want to get into the questions, Adrian? All right, Article 1. So Article 1, this is kind of one of those ones where we're just kind of going to get theme, continue talking about the theme. It's from Dear Sports Fan. Um, we brought them in before. Um, specifically, we brought in a question that mentioned the World Cup. That would have been great for this episode, but we used it for a different thing. So here it is, really quick. This is a little bit outdated, but Dear Sports Fan 2014, the World Cup is coming soon in Brazil. I know it's a big deal for sports fans. How does the World Cup work? All right, I know that the number of goals you score is important. Yes, that's one stat, yeah. I haven't done this all week because I've been striking, but I'm going to get back into teacher mode. I'm going to encourage you, even if you're not giving me the answer that I'm looking for, I'm going to tell you that's a good point, and I thank you for contributing it. We're looking for a slightly different answer, though. The World Cup works by FIFA, the Federation Internationale de Football Association, working with all these other countries to bring money, wealth, and influence into their pockets, take advantage of other countries' desire for clout. Okay, I think that's a good answer. I think that's a little bit off the point that we're looking for. I think he's asking about the mechanics of how, like, the actual structure and stuff and how that works. Of the, uh, like, do the players, they fly in on airplanes? 
Like, what do you mean? Like, you know, there's different stages to the tournament. There's qualification. Okay. Like, you want to talk okay. about okay. any okay. of that? Or? Um, the qualifications work by every country uh, gets to play as much as they want, anytime they want. And there's like um, a guy who's <laughs> can't like, stop them. <laughs> there's like a guy who's like, they look like they're good. We should invite them to be part of the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> They're just scouted. <laughs> okay. That's my understanding. No, they play each other in some sort of qualifications tournament. I don't know who plays who. I guess by region or by division. It's based on region. And you have to win a certain number of games. And if you are tied, that's where I know the number of goals comes into it. And then they... That's where the number of goals comes into it. <laughs> if you have won as many games as you've lost, if you're in a tie sort of situation... You know what, Adrian? I don't like that I'm answering this just for your entertainment, just to be laughed at. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm sorry. That was that was rude of me. Um, I was laughing at how correct you are. <laughs> and then, and then you get invited to be part of the World Cup. Yeah. And they, uh, you know, they, then you do like a general tournament style thing. Well, so for the World Cup, how many teams are there? Um, in this case, uh, there's. Eight groups of four or ten groups of four? 32, yeah. Okay. And then they're expanding to 64 from now on, which people are kind of mad at because it's clearly a cash grab. It's cash grab. Cash grab. And then you mentioned groups, so how does that work? You play every team in your group of four. And once. Once. And then, I don't really know, like, uh, I guess whoever, uh, well, I know ties are allowed, so that's what makes it complicated. Um, I guess you have to win more than two games. A few, oh yeah, this is, uh, I, I don't know how, I don't know how it works, man. I don't know. You play every team in your group once, and then the two teams with the best record move on. The top teams, uh, in each group are seated against. But it seems like against... it would totally be possible for a bunch of teams to have about, well, I guess, yeah, what if, ev- what if you, every team ties to every game one to one? What do you do then? <laughs> you know, there was a really cool either Conference League or Europa League group. I know Lazio and Mitchelland were in there. Or what if every team ties every game zero to zero, as is more likely with soccer, that boring ass sport? <laughs> in this group, everyone ended up with eight <laughs> points. And the way they, after six games, they all had eight points exactly, and they had to separate it based on. And it works differently for every situation. So everyone has different things where, like, sometimes it'll be, if it's in the league, it's like who won the actual head to head games. Sometimes it's who has better goal difference. So goals against, uh, subtracted from goals for. Yeah, so it's it's they have rules like that, and there's like layers upon layers of it. So sometimes it really goes into the weeds, and sometimes people really like to do dumb shit like that, where it's like, do you guys know that in the last game of the Premier League, if if Manchester United get beaten by 14 points, then technically they have to do a, a separate entire other match with Liverpool because like everything else they're completely even on. Mm. Um, but no, in general, it's actually they don't end up zero zero. We already saw two goals today. Um. So yeah, there's a clear first and second place, and they move on. First place from each group gets to place uh, face the <laughs> second team from another. Down to who had more ball control time? They were like in every other situation, they're completely even. So we had to go by which team no, no, had no, no, more no, no, ball no. control. But there was one where they were completely even across the board. So it was about like who had the most pep in their step. <laughs> yeah, and then first ranked team from each group that exits gets to face a second ranked team from another group. Uh, and then it's bracket style from there, head to head, single elimination, overtime, penalties if it doesn't get decided there, all the way to the final. 
how many stats down do you have to go before the number of bicycle kicks successfully executed becomes the that was the that was the cool part of that disallowed goal was that the assist was a bicycle kick oh really it was a bicycle kick assist <laughs> yeah or as we would he, say he in spanish a a chilena. he passed it with a bicycle kick <laughs> yeah yeah he passed it with a chilena that's awesome I guess yeah. I should go watch the highlights, man. That sounds. Fun. I mean, that's what Ecuadorians do now. There, man, they're hitting it from the back with the knee brace on. <laughs> Velcro strap, keeps catching the thong. <laughs> Hit it from the back with my knee brace on. The Velcro part keep catching the thong. Put it off once, then left it alone. Hit the dance floor, two step to the song. Hit it from the back with my knee brace on. The Velcro part keep catching the thong. Put it off once, then left it alone. Hit the dance floor, two step to the song. I don't know why, but the idea, I use hitting it from the back to describe food interactions so many times. Like, I was working on Friday at the strike, and uh, another guy didn't have a chance to go get the bagels that people had brought, and uh, and I was emceeing all day, so I took one bite and, like, didn't, like, left it, and so I was eating it after I had uh, done, like, the main MC duties for the morning, and he's like, oh, damn, I didn't get to get a bagel, and that's a, ch- a cheddar, a jalapeno cheddar bagel, and I was like, yeah, it's really good, you want to hit it from the back, that I have, the part that I haven't eaten it from yet, and he's like, yeah, I will, <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> and I just love the idea of describing it, uh, the eating the other side of my bagel as hitting it from the back. Hit it from the back with my knee brace on, Velcro part keep catching in the sock. Paul, I think what's important to say, though, and that's the technical description for how the thing works. You guys get it, you know. How would you run the World Cup if you were in charge? What would be the format? Um, okay, so you see, I would split it into two different divisions, colonizers and colonized. Whoa, that's a spicy tamale right there. <laughs> No, uh, I don't know. I I, I think, uh, I, I think, isn't FIFA, like, notoriously corrupt? So is there, like, a way that, like, isn't, like, known to be, like, this would be better, but they just don't because it wouldn't, like, lead to as many sales or... No, I think the format's pretty good. I think we all agree the format's good. Okay, the format. I mean, I think good. adding the teams next time people are really critical of, right, really so, because that's a cash grab. I think people would chill with the format, but you could, they could, you know, what I heard is that the new Pokemon game, Scarlet and Violet, they have a lot of bugs and they're, it's very broken, but at least they changed the formula a lot and it's a really fun game. So, you know, sometimes people are willing to shake things up. Okay. Okay. So here's what I would say. And I, I assume I can't change the rules of the game. So it's not like all of a sudden I could give them all like, all of I a sudden. don't know, all of a sudden I could uh just, you know, do like two soccer balls soccer or something fun like that like i can't just go in stop stop doing the american thing where you're like you know what make this way more interesting (laughs) what if they tied a knife to the ball (laughs) just let it spin with that on so the goalkeepers are less inclined to catch it (laughs) if i was allowed to change the rules of the game i think making it like i meant more about the format but yeah you could also do the game too whatever you want to do i just change the rules of the game what would you do I, I, I feel like if it was full contact allowed all the time, no more. So you of want this more like- violence. That's that's what you want in an international game that's competitive, but meant to kind of like sow unity and like. Have no, fun. what I'm saying is, I just think it's crazy that you can do a slide tackle, but only if you don't hit their feet first or whatever. Sometimes tackles. This is a common concept misconception with Americans. Tackles can be dangerous and illegal, even if you get the ball first. People can't use "he got the ball first" as an excuse for every tackle. Oh, really? Yeah, common misconception. I just think it's too difficult for my brain to wrap around when it is. I think defenders should tie a knife to their boots so when they slide tackle. <laughs> I think shin guards are bullshit. Their shins should be at risk. <laughs> I don't think you should be able to play the sport, but then go, oh, I want to make sure my shins are okay. 
I'm like, uh, you know how people say that about boxing, where they're like, there's more injuries after they added gloves because people were more confident. Yeah, they were more likely to hit the head. Yeah, yeah because it no longer hurt the knuckle to to take uh, direct punches to bone, uh, mm. or, uh, to make direct punches. I feel that way about shin guards. I think it would be a safer sport if we got rid of them. Do adults mm. win shin guards? Is that is that or is that something we only did in rec league soccer when I was like ten? No, yeah, of course they do. Oh, okay, that's one of those things. Or one of the most interesting interesting things about soccer that I've never mentioned before is like because I played all throughout my childhood, getting to see the bullshit capitalist overproduction of like new technologies for shin guards and soccer boots. It's like, ooh, in this one, one of the cleats actually is able to rotate. That way it helps you like turn on a dime. And like, ooh, these new shin guards are sleek and like this the thinnest material possible while still protecting your shins. And like, I don't know, like, <laughs> just give me like, <laughs> just give me something that's not going to make my shin break. It's all right. It doesn't need to also be a water cooler. And then like also <laughs> a panini press as well. Like it's, it's fine. Just I give me like a shin I do like the guard. idea of that, like having a lazy Susan on the bottom of your heel so that you can just stop on a dive and just start doing 180s. <laughs> <laughs> like the bottom of your shirts, the bottom of your cleats just pivot. These soccer cleats don't have any laces on them, so you get full, smooth contact with every kick. We've changed the game. Mm. Mm. These are our lightest material yet. Is there anything like that in soccer where... Because, like... Football. In football? Football, mate? In calcio. I know in, like, American football, kickers started doing a thing at one point. There was a uh, player who had a, a disability where he was born without, like, the front part of his foot, basically. So he had to have mm-hmm. a special shoe that was flat on the front, but it gave him a massive advantage for kicking because having the, like, front of your... Like, he basically kicked different. He didn't cook, kick with the... He didn't take his uh, field goals with the top of his feet. He took it with the front mm-hmm. because it was flat and gave him a massive advantage. And then they changed the rules that basically you couldn't have a special shoe. Even, like, you know, your shoe basically had mm-hmm. to be a certain shape. Has there ever been anything like that in soccer? Where, like, yeah. somebody tried, like, a shoe that had, like, a special hardness on top or some sort of way that made it easier to kick the ball. And they had to go, okay, you can't do that. We're not, like, having that become a... Yeah. Are you are you familiar with Umbro? They're kind of, like, a more niche, like, uh, it's not like Nike or Adidas or, like, no, Quake or whatever. Yeah, Umbro had a, a, a soccer boot for a while, a football boot, uh, where there was a knife attached to the end. <laughs> what is your obsession with attaching knives to shit? <laughs> I think I was just so tickled by Connor's story about the Beyblade with the knife on it from last episode. Like, I think that might have been my hardest laugh was, like, a kid in my swim team got got uh, removed because he tied a knife to the Beyblade. All I'm saying is, would that not be beneficial if where the laces were, there was just, like, a hard piece of, like, material? there so that like with that yeah not- you're definitely not allowed to do that yeah. there's this one game i remember i think we had like a lot of it was it was like a winter game and like the flu was going around and so we had a lot of like uh people out uh and so someone decided to bring their dog into the game and technically there was no rule against it <laughs> <laughs> you keep getting me i keep going okay okay <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you familiar with this niche brand <laughs> Um, no, I can't think of any, you know what? I think I do have an example somewhere in the recesses of my mind. I'm not believing you this time. Don't even pretend. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. I was being realistic. I can't actually. (laughs) Fool me. Fool me once. Fool me thrice. (laughs) Um, all right. Do you want to read this answer? I feel like we've been going for a while. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. 
Dear Bubby. Actually, how long is this answer? Okay, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty good and it's comprehensive, so we'll go through it. Dear Bobby, the World Cup is the world's biggest soccer tournament between national teams representing their countries. It is, like you said, a big deal. Almost a billion people worldwide watched the final match of the tournament in 2010. Like the Olympics, the World Cup only happens once every four years. The World Cup is separated into three phases, each of which has its own setup. Qualification, the group stage, and the knockout stage. Walk through how each one works. Qualification... The uh, month-long tournament, which this year starts on June 12th and ends on July 13th, again, this is outdated for the Brazil uh, tournament, is actually the culmination of an international competition, which may have started up to three years before. This preliminary competition is called World Cup Qualification and determines, with one exception, which team gets to play in the World Cup Finals. The qualification format is bewilderingly, bewilderingly complicated and involves both continental zones and a hexagonal round, and finally, intercontinental playoffs. It's honestly not worth getting too deep into it, but the principles are fairly simple. It attempts to make... It, t- it attempts to take the 200 plus countries who are hoping to be one of the 32 teams to play in Brazil and select the best teams while also finding a geographic balance so, represent- so representatives from all around the globe can compete. All the complicated mumbo jumbo of qualification is an attempt to meet this internally conflicting end. Some regions are much stronger than other areas, so there are more qualifying spots for the stronger regions. This year, Europe and South America have a combined 19 of 32 teams, or more than half. Every other region is represented by teams, except for Oceania, which lost out on its one spot when New Zealand lost its playoff to Mexico. Even the best two teams in Europe that didn't qualify, Sweden and Ukraine, could almost certainly beat any of the qualifying teams from Asia and most of North America or African teams. It's a more exciting World Cup celebration the way it is, and it does more to foster soccer as a global sport. Oh yes, and the one exception to this? The host country automatically qualifies. The group stage. The World Cup finals begin as a round-robin tournament in eight groups of four teams each. In a round-robin tournament, each team within a group plays all the other teams, and the team or teams with the best results in those games advance to the next round. In the World Cup, that means that teams play three games in the group stage against each other, three team against the other three teams in their group. The way the results are tabulated, a win is worth three points, a loss is zero, and a tie is worth one. As you can probably imagine, with only three games, there are frequently teams with the same number of points after the group games have been played. To break ties, since only the top two teams of each group move on to the next stage, the World Cup has a series of factors which they use. Paul, you were interested in this, so here you go. One, goal differences in all group matches. Two, greater number of goals scored in all group matches. Three, number of points in matches between tied teams. Four, Goal difference in matches between tied teams. 5. Greatest number of goals in matches between tied teams. 6. Drawing of lots by FIFA organizing committee. <laughs> Do you like how it goes all the way there? <laughs> Damn, so bicycle kicks don't at any point come into play. I know, I know, that seems really complicated. It is. Sometimes I think that people who love sports mostly just love technicality. In any event, all these tiebreakers basically favor teams that play in a more risky style. Try to score more goals, the rules say, even if that means you give up more goals, because that makes for more entertaining soccer, and when in doubt, we'd rather have we'd rather advance teams that are more entertaining to watch. The knockout stage. The top two teams from each of the groups enters the knockout stage. The stage is similar to March Madness or Wimbledon in that it is single elimination. The first place team from each group plays the second place team from another group. Win and you move on to the quarterfinals. Eight teams left. Win again and you're in the semifinals. Four teams left. Win once more and you make it to the World Cup finals. Two teams left. Have fun playing soccer while a billion people watch. The one wrinkle with the World Cup is that the two losing teams from the semifinals play each other in a game to determine third place. I forgot to mention that. That is a good point. Paul, fun fact about the first World Cup. Do you know who was third place? No. Guatemala. USA. 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 So that's for Adam. That's a little trivia for him. All right, we're going into yours? Yeah, sure. Did you have any thoughts on it? I mean, it seemed very technical. (laughs) Yeah, it was just a competent answer to that question. I thought the main thing for that section is just us being silly about what we would do. All right, Adrian. 
Do you have any thoughts about this World Cup banning alcohol? Uh, I stand in solidarity with the uh, Ecuadorian people who, during halftime of the first game, started a chant of, we want beer, we want beer, we want beer. Which, as far as, like, theories of political change, where do you rank chants at a uh, soccer stadium? It's visible. Is it complete? No, it doesn't. It's not a very complete action, but it is a visible action. Mm, okay. So, famously, this uh, World Cup... Famously. It's gone back and forth, but eventually it has come to the conclusion that you will not be able to drink alcohol at the games unless you pay a $22,000 service fee. So, basically, only people in boxes... Oh, I didn't even fair. know about that. Yeah, the very wealthy will oh, be allowed. yeah, yeah. To purchase alcohol. That is the peep. That is the thing that's really annoying. Is that like they have FIFA branded champagne for the tournament, but it's just for like the sponsors and like the upper ups. I think that's what gets people. It's like the very blatant like we're not against yeah. it in totality. We're just against it for you people. Yeah, it leaves a real bad taste in people's mouths. So alcohol will not be served at this World Cup, and a lot of people are asking some tough questions about it, but. You know what? This isn't the first time in the world people have asked some of these same thorny questions. Same questionarunos. About cultural clashes and expectations. Uh, so, five years ago, July 19th, 2017, somebody wrote in to New York Times The Ethicist with a similar quandary. Is it okay to fire a Muslim driver for refusing to carry wine? I hired a limo service to drive me to a dinner party at a friend's house. On the way, I remembered that I was supposed to bring the wine. I spotted a shop and asked the driver to pull over. When we arrived at my friend's house, I asked the driver if he would help me carry the wine, because I had another bag to carry. He refused, on the grounds that he was a Muslim and was not allowed to touch alcohol. So, of course, I carried the wine myself. The next day, I called the owner of the limo service, a close friend of mine who is also an observant Muslim. To apologize for my insensitivity and any awkwardness my request might have caused. He expressed surprise and then outrage at his driver's behavior. A few days later, my friend told me that he had fired the driver. This is straight up curb your enthusiasm right here. <laughs> when you are a driver, my friend said, you are not a Muslim, a Christian, <laughs> you are not a Muslim, a Christian, or a Jew. You are a driver and your job is to deliver... <laughs> It's to deliver service. You didn't ask him to drink the wine. You asked him to help you carry it into the house. He's done. I still feel guilty that this man was fired. Help me think the ethics of this through. Yeah, I was right. This was the better of the two articles you proposed for this. <laughs> Adrian, I've often said this to you. I've often said, Adrian, you need to let your biases go. When you're podcasting, when you're podcasting, you're a podcaster first. Ooh, that's true. That's true. I am dedicated to my job wholly and fully. Paul, when you're a computer scientist, are, are you a are you a little stinker or are you a little uh, no computer <laughs> a science is one boy of the jobs where I bring my biases to work every day. I'm, I'm that's first good. You're making sure the AI doesn't recognize any black people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm first and foremost an Arab, uh, a Catholic, and an American family man, and I bring those biases into the code every day. Every single time I'm working with my bees, I'm letting them know I'm a smoker, I'm a toker, I'm a midnight joker, the wheels on the bus go round and round. <laughs> Being a podcaster, 
doing research for grad school, being a programmer. I mean, none of these are being a driver, Adrian. That's a, that's a job where, first and foremost, you cannot come in as a Muslim Christian or Jew. Leave your ego at the door. That's what I say when it comes to organizing and driving. Dude, this friend... Who- also, I, I I know we say this so many times, but the people who write into the New York Times who are taking a limo service to go to a friend's party. I know, right? What a piece I of shit. I could never answer any of these questions seriously. Yeah. I, <laughs> the answer is give away The answer your is wealth. your wealth should be expropriated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is you shouldn't have the money to do this. And honestly, I hate you and abhor everything you stand for. Oh, I feel bad. I got a man fired from his little job that he uses to feed his immigrant family. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm really sorry. <laughs> and I did it because I'm friends with his boss. And I pretended when I was calling him that I didn't want him punished. I pretended that it was just because I was concerned about his feelings as a well-intentioned liberal. Oh, my God. This person should um. be- <laughs> This person might actually be the most evil question asker we've ever had on. (laughs) Um, This person is the type of person who, on their way home from a BLM protest, calls the cops on a homeless guy. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. That's so true. I called the cops. I asked them to bring a, a mental health counselor, too. Like, I don't know if they're going to, but that's what I did, you know? <laughs> I'm sensitive to these issues. I'm sensitive to these issues. If you were in that position, would you carry the alcohol? Well, I'm not Muslim, so it, it, obviously, yes. But we're adding that context to it, obviously. The driver's logic is also awesome. He's not touching the alcohol. You're touching the bottles, dude. Like, you driving the car that was carrying the bottles was as actively mm. you touching the alcohol. It is hilarious. But, like, it's the type of thing it's, you roll yeah. your eyes at and then carry it in yourself, not call up his boss. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Do you think, though, that he was using his religion as a way to get around doing extra work? Like, he's like, my job is to drive. Like, it's not my job to help you bring in things. Like, I'm sorry, I'm Muslim. I can't touch alcohol. And she was like, oh, yeah, can we, like, stop by, like, the Burger King, too? I want to get, like, a quick sandwich on my way there. I'm not going to like the food there. I'm sorry, they serve meat. I'm a vegetarian. I'm a vegan. I can't go anywhere with meat. (laughs) And she's like, okay, cool, no problem, but can I, uh... (laughs) Yeah, so funny. They called their boss to complain, but tried tried to couch it in terms of, I was just worried about my insensitivity. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that, per- honestly, this column, like, perfectly describes being an American white liberal. <laughs> I know, because, like, everybody knows, if you tell somebody's boss something about something that happened on the job. Being dissatisfied, yeah. The boss is gonna take it as a complaint. And I think even the question writer must have known it at some level, unless you're that out of oh, touch. I think they were grumbling under their breath when they had to carry the bag or whatever. For sure. For sure, this is a kind of, like, plausible deniability mm-hmm. sort of complaint. So you brought this in because of the World Cup stuff. How do you feel about the World Cup not serving alcohol? Do you have any, like... And I know you gave the philosophical points about how that's stupid and, like, the you know, the concrete material view of how that's a stupid thing, clearly just for rich people, but... I do think that the complaints about Qatar are really funny in light of the fact that, like, prohibition in America happened how many years ago? Like, about a hundred? Like, people talk about it like it's the most foreign, crazy concept in the world that a country could outlaw alcohol. It's like, Mm -hmm. we did it here not that Mm -hmm. long ago. Like, there's Puritans 
everywhere. What, what, like, it's not Qatar being some crazy, insane country. Yeah. So there is, like, an element of, like, I don't know, weird judgmentalness to it. But, yeah, of course they shouldn't. Like, people, I believe in individual liberties, man. Uh, People, of course, people should be Mm. allowed to drink uh, without fear of reprisal. Yeah. We're all adults. We have to respect cultural differences, but part of respecting cultural differences goes both ways. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, being a bunch of rowdy soccer hooligans is my culture. And Qatar needs to be used to it. (laughs) Let's go, Gooners, baby. We're winning the World Cup. <laughs> the, Gooners, <laughs> the Gooners are winning the World Cup. That's my out-of-left-field call. <laughs> um, when, when, the, when the team from Wales rips off their kits and they were secretly the Gooners the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> they have the Arsenal kits under <laughs> their whole time, and there's... it turns out it's just the entire Arsenal lineup. <laughs> I'm not sure there's any overlap, but that might be a possibility. Yeah, I don't know. You have to respect cultural differences. Like, if I want to go to the stadium and the way I watch soccer is I just hit a fucking bong, you should let me be in there just smoking a fucking bong, baby. Yeah. I ain't hurting nobody. So Islam bans alcohol. But it doesn't... It doesn't ban non-Muslims from drinking alcohol. That's what I don't really get about all this stuff. Hmm. Hmm. That's a good point. I mean, I haven't read the Hadith. Maybe it does. Does Islam have the same uh, outlook on Christianity? Like, growing up in the South, growing up around the church, I know that the line from Christianity is that, like, anything that alters your mind in a way is what God is against. That's like, like, my Mormons don't do caffeine. Like, is that the rationale there, too? Or is it like... So I don't know the exact idea behind... Because this guy said specifically he's not allowed to touch alcohol, so it's not even consuming it. So there must be a very specific ban on alcohol for him to be worried do you about think that like it. if he like is cleaning his windows with something that has like alcohol in it he also like he'll <laughs> no because that's what i mean right because if it was anything that altered your brain he wouldn't be able to touch a lot of things around yeah his house it mm. must be specifically alcohols that's banned in either the quran or the hadith yeah that's weird that this thing that just culturally probably had a big impact on people's behaviors and societies a long time ago was something that god specifically felt the need to comment on <laughs> Yeah, interesting that he didn't comment on any, like, on LSD or any drugs that popped up, uh... Yeah, he never mentioned anything... He never mentioned anything about K2 synthetic weed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Bath salts. What are Allah's opinions on, uh, Delta 9 versus Delta 8? On Whippets. (laughs) What are God... What's God's opinion on on Whippets? Can I do those? Is that cool? Is that, like, a Buddhist thing where, like, I can't seek it out, but if I get offered it, like, you know, it'd be rude not to accept... (laughs) Oh, like with me. Okay, I see what yeah. you mean. <laughs> yeah. I think so. I haven't read all the Hadiths, but I think that's in there. I haven't read all the commandments, but I assume like 11 or 12 would have been about whippets. Wait, Paul, you describe yourself as like a reading man and you haven't gotten to all 10 commandments <laughs> <Nope>. yet? <laughs> I got Working the, my way still. <laughs> I got to the one about not being able to covet the neighbor's wife and I was like, the fuck is this? I was like, fuck this bullshit. <laughs> I'll covet whatever I goddamn please. <laughs> And I threw that shit away, man. And then I immediately took my binoculars and started looking at my neighbor's wife. And I was like, yeah. (laughs) Do we ever use the word covet in any other situation? Or is that one of those things where it's only lived on in that commandment? (laughs) What's the actual definition of covet? Can I start using it in more casual conversation? (laughs) I think you just 
means really want, man. I think when you covet something, you're just like, it's like, you know how Birdman rubs his hands together in every music video? I think it's when you're doing that looking at anything. Yearn to possess or have something. Yeah, you're right. Okay, what I want to know is about this uh, touching alcohol thing. How many layers away from touching it? Like, what if the alcohol was in a satchel and you were, you were only grabbing the straps? Is that touching the alcohol? What if it was on a six-foot pole that you were carrying <laughs> that you could use? Because he can drive the car with the alcohol in it. In a way, I would say. So there's some level of material connection yeah. that uh, diffuses the, the influence of it. Yeah. Do you think you could just use gloves? But there's already a bottle. That's why I wouldn't see why the gloves would matter. Like, the alcohol itself is mm. not being touched. Do you think she was asking, like, can I pour a little bit in your hands and you carry it over? <laughs> like, just like in a little bowl in your hands? All right. Anything else about this? Dude, I don't know. I feel, uh, Like, we haven't really tackled the question, which is, I think the base of the question is, like, the ethics of this. You did a bad thing. I don't know th what to tell you about the ethics of it. Yeah, you're a bad person. Don't do that. Stop doing that. But if you called up somebody's boss to tell them a story about how their worker disappointed you, you knew what you were doing on some level, and you're a bad person. Yeah. Ooh, you know what? I don't, I don't want, like I said, I don't want to bring up the strike too much or whatever. I don't want to talk about it too much. This isn't a strategy thing. This is just something that we have a professor who I thought would be totally down, so empathetic, loves our students, but is still teaching classes and refusing to act in solidarity. And one of the things that he did to a student when talking to them was like, well, I made 18000 when I was a postdoc fucking 50 years ago or however long. And he was like, not that I mean that that's what you should make. And I was like, no, that's exactly what you mean. Like, that is a non sequitur unless that's the point you're making. You yeah. can't do that and say that that's not what you mean. Like, that's there's no way to uncouple that. Either you're making that point or you're not. Yeah, like, you yeah. can't do that. Yeah. People are so shitty about, like, just... I don't know if it because it's like this person like in their own head I don't know if they justify it with a level of like I have plausible deniability to the outside world and they somehow internalize that into pretending that that's not what yeah. they intended or I don't know how people's minds work but yeah it's obvious like yeah unless this if you person's were calling a dumb, in maybe they know what yeah. they're doing they know what they were saying when they said oh I made 18,000 you're implying that people shouldn't get paid yeah like come on Let's delve into his answer. First, let's establish a few points. Muslims, like everyone else, take their ethical guidance from more than one source. The Quran, it's true, doesn't explicitly say you can't carry wine, but there's a well-regarded hadith from the canonical body of tradition surrounding the life of Prophet Muhammad and his companions that records Muhammad condemning not just drinking wine, but also making it, buying or selling it, and carrying it. Many Muslims accordingly think it is wrong to carry wine, even if it is not for their own consumption. Should it matter that the driver's objection was religious rather than personal in nature? Well, yes, liberalism, by which I mean civil liberties, civil rights, tolerance, and pluralism, the small l liberalism in liberal democracy, emerged from centuries of religious warfare in Europe. Before anything else, it's a modus vivendi, an arrangement that allows different people to live together in peace. In our multi-religious society, we should make reasonable accommodations for the religious scruples of others. I'm assuming that the driver's job description includes providing assistance with packages. Reasonable accommodations make cohabitation possible, and practical considerations aside, it enshrines the value of respect. Such conflicts arise even in states with official religions. Recently, an Israeli court decided that an El Al flight attendant was wrong to move a female passenger to accommodate an ultra-Orthodox man whose religious beliefs prohibited contact with women. 
Here, a concern for civil equality trumps the concern for religious accommodations. Similar issues are posed by a case now before the U.S. Supreme— I'm really glad he brought in the paradigm of religious tolerance, Israel. Mm. Mm-hmm. Don't Google the Al-Aqsa Mosque people. Uh, Israel is actually very progressive on religious tolerance. Similar issues are posed by a case now before the U.S. Supreme Court involving a Christian baker from Colorado who declined to make a cake for a same-sex wedding. He offered to supply a pre-made cake or other baked goods. A state commission says he is violating the state's non-discrimination statute. The baker says the state is violating the free exercise of religion. When civil liberties conflict with civil rights, reasonable people can disagree about where to draw the line. Neither your driver nor his boss seems to have gotten the religious situation right, though. The tradition in question explicitly forbids carrying wine. You might think that your driver already showed disregard for it when he ca- when he agreed to transport the wine. I'm not claiming the right to say what his obligations as a Muslim are, but religious arguments are arguments, and if someone wants an argument to be taken seriously, the rest of us are entitled to explore whether it's valid. Treating other people's religions with respect doesn't rule out such responses. It requires them. At the same time, your driver's boss's view is difficult to defend. We don't, as a rule, think people should be required to do things that violate conscientiously held ethical principles. What your friend felt, I suspect, was not that you have to forget you're a Muslim when you're a driver, but that it was unreasonable for the driver to refuse to carry your wine because your friend's own Muslim conscience would have permitted it, as would many imams. Religion seldom speak with one voice. But he's not entitled to simply supplement his driver's religious judgment with his own. The real question is whether employees can be exempted from such disputed activities without causing a business hardship. A supermarket can't be obliged to retain a butcher whose religion forbids him to handle pork, but neither should it require the vegetable guy with the kippah to fill in at the sausage station. Where to draw the line between accommodations that are reasonable and those that are too demanding? That isn't a question to be resolved. Wait, there's more? Holy shit, I thought that was the end. (laughs) I didn't realize when I was pulling through here. God damn. Uh, In the Twin Cities a decade ago, the airport commission found that Muslim taxi drivers were regularly refusing to pass it, were regularly refusing passengers who were ferrying wine. After exploring various options, including special lights for no alcohol caps, the commission decided to suspend the permits of drivers who refused to pick up passengers. Dude, good on Kwame for getting the bag for being paid by the word. Kwame says, it was right of you that you didn't insist on having him carry the wine, and it was decent of you to try to transmit your apology to the driver. No, it wasn't. It was not decent of you. Come on, Kwame. Apologize in the moment. Go, oh, sorry, I didn't know that. Yeah, I'll carry it in. What? what, what? You can't talk to a driver? He's too far below you? Oh, my God. Uh, You know, there are times where things happen in the moment, and you don't immediately think to apologize, and you want to apologize later. That being said, just live with the guilt forever and die with it. Yeah, or ask for the driver's contact information. Contact them directly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The question for his boss is where he thinks the balance lies when it comes to his business. is Is it essential that his drivers agree to handle alcohol? Basically, he's saying that the guy who owns the business should have come up with some sort of way to decide which passengers need special alcohol services and screen that for which driver gets to drive them. Okay, and this last paragraph might be important. I sometimes encounter stoutly secular types who don't get why adherence to a religious structure should be treated as anything other than a personal preference. They forget the long arc of history. Liberalism has been pretty good at allowing religious at allowing religiously plural societies to avoid civil war, and because no faith is without its factions, 
Ultimately, all societies are religiously plural. When we're dealing with religious differences, we don't have to bend over backwards, but we do have to bend. It's probably too late to get the driver his job back, but you could try persuading your friend to reconsider. Oh yeah, you are friends with the boss. Just fucking talk to the boss. Yeah. Tell him what, to give him his job back. Tell your friend that you feel like it was wrong what happened. I'm, this guy clearly seems like a, the customer's right sort of guy. He'll be like, oh, I'll mm-hmm. take up, you know, take some sort of reputational damage if I don't help get the guy mm-hmm. his job back. I don't know. Couch it in those terms. Yeah. World Cup? World Cup? All right. World Cups, baby. Third seggy. Who's leading this? Are you taking lead on this or am I taking lead on this? Paul, can you bottom line that? Uh, one of us needs to pull up the game and the other has to uh, pull up the uh, drinks. Which do you want I'll to pull do? up the game. Okay, so Adrian, you're going to bring in the games happening this week and I'm going to pull in... Oh, third segment. It's called uh, Cups of the World. And so we're going to decide who wins all of their... What, what would this be? The first round games based yeah. on who has the superior national drink. Yep. So we're using the World Cup schedule to guide this discussion. Um, yeah. And uh, it has nothing to do with soccer. It just has to do with what their national drink is. And by the way, if we get this right, and it turns out that all these teams win based on whichever one has a cooler national drink, then we are not going to release this and we're going to use it to start making sports bets. Also, this is kind of arbitrary, but what part of the, like... Uh, imagination behind this was if paul the octopus can get famous for like deciding what food he wants to eat and picking a world cup winner and for each match uh going through the next round then paul Paul the the human human can certainly do that come on let's 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 get it going let's do this we do have a bias because we know how the first game went but otherwise well let's see if our theory is right let's uh go ahead and grab a qatar and uh yeah ecuador 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 Qatar's national drink is Arabic coffee. You might know it as uh, Turkish coffee. It's very similar. Okay, I've had that before. And Ecuador's national drink is chicha, a fermented alcoholic. You had me an alcoholic. I'm going Ecuador <laughs> two zero. <laughs> Corn oh, beer. Oh, just by the Corn way, beer made I want to say a variety of maiza landrecas maize. Oh, maize. Why did I pronounce that maiza? <laughs> That's a cute name, though. I do like that. And there's many v- regional variations of it. Um, it has many ceremonial and ritual uses. Okay, well, especially if you're going to add that to it, I'm going to say that obviously Ecuador wins on this one. I do want to say that there is um, recorded proof that not only did I guess who was going to win this first game correctly, I got the scoreline correct, and Pierce can attest to that. I don't think that was a hard guess to do. Ecuador actually made it in through skill, whereas Qatar made it in. Ecuador two zero. You think you think that getting the exact amount correct? It's soccer. There's like four or five different scores that could be zero, one, two, three, four, or five. You're acting like me predicting that Bayern was going to beat Barcelona eight two or whatever in the Champions League. Like, come on. Sometimes it's a little bit impressive that you're doing something like that. I would have been impressed if you'd guessed the players who'd made the goal. Yeah, that is actually really good. That's what it, that's what I need to get up on for sports betting. All right, next round. Senegal. Wait, hold on. Sorry. England and Iran. Oh, England. Gin. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. I do love a good gin. Doh. Persian yogurt drink made out of black tea. For Iran? And Ara Sagi. 
I, I don't know if that's similar to Ara regular. It's A-R-A-G-H. It's described as an Iranian moonshine. Oh. And it has cool. to be produced illicitly because obviously Iran is a... An Islamic Republic. Yeah, so it is the same as uh, regular Ara. So I'm going to go with that. I'm going to give this one to Iran. I have never had it before. And I have to say, I'm sorry, Iran... Gin and tonics are one of my favorite drinks of all time. If England had been tea, I would have excited with you guys. But now that I know that it's gin, I mean, okay, can I, can I just say really quick, I get people who don't like alcohol and so they're vodka fans, but why would you not like gin, which is vodka premium? It's just vodka with better, cooler, more nuanced, more herbaceous, more like fruity, more I was going to say, it's a very herby and notes. floral. I, some people don't like herby floral things. You're, you, you know what? You're right. I probably like gin more in that it is like my favorite. I mean, liquor. you know, it doesn't mix with as many things, but when it mixes, it mixes, bro. And I'm a floral boy. I'm a flower boy. Gin cocktails are like, they taste the fanciest. So you, you feel like an adult when you're drinking it. It's a, a goddamn cocktail. delight. Yeah, I love those. Okay. Okay. We'll give that one to Brandon. We'll give that one to Brandon. Oh, okay. You could have advocated. You could have advocated harder for your for your for yourself if you want to. But um, um, okay, Senegal and the Netherlands. Basop is who the page for it is just goes to the plant. Um, the beverage that is made out of it. It's kind of looks like right? cranberry juice. No, no, no. It's it's like rubois tea, right? I don't know. It looks like a juice. It's served with ice. Hmm. Yeah, it, it's kind of considered a tea often in America. It's called a hibiscus cooler. Oh, dude. I mean, come on. In, in, in Latin America, we call it Jamaica. And like that's if you go to any taqueria worth its salt, there's going to be horchata with the like the spinny thingy and then Jamaica with the spinny thingy. And yo, that that shit goes. All right. And let's see. What was the other country? Netherlands, which I was... You know, if they have a beer or something like that, I might kind of be inclined towards them, but I think it's going to be hard to be, you know, what's essentially Jamaica. Netherlands is Genevieve. It's a Dutch gin. It's a juniper-flavored traditional liquor. Nah, Senegal all the way on that one. I'm going Jamaica. Uh, okay, how do we deal with tiebreakers here? Because I'm thinking this one might have to go... To, if we're going to do gin for the other all one, right. this is similarly... Like, I, I also don't like coolers. I don't like, like, ice... Drinks. You don't like ecto cooler. I don't like ice drinks with like a really syrupy flavor, and that's what this looks like. No, no, no. It's very floral. It's very natural. It's very, it's very light. It looks so juicy, even though I've never had syrupy. it before. Okay, uh, let's throw it to, D to DJ Grant. DJ Grant is our uh, tiebreaker. Oh wait, sorry, I forgot that we're not hive mind. How do we actually tiebreak this? Uh... <laughs> okay, do we have to do a second round where we actually just based on who we think was actually going to win the game? Tie. That's clearly what we're guessing. This one's going. To... Oh yeah. yeah, tie. Okay, cool. Okay. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a tie. Um, next up, USA and Wales. The United States is coffee. Is that true? I thought you said it was bourbon. So the Wikipedia page, like this, isn't uh official. Official. So it says coffee, then it says Coca Cola is America's iconic soft drink. Bourbon, named after Bourbon, Kentucky. Can we do Coca-Cola? I think Coca-Cola is Was defined as the U.S.'s national spirit by Congress. So I, I think it's like all three of those are mentioned. Um, okay, so we'll do Coke for the United States. And you said we're playing who? Wales. Something called Perry. Perry Perry? It's Pear Cider. Okay, this is going to Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's interesting. I didn't know that's what it was going to be. If it's a dry cider, I can fuck with it. 
It's made from fermented pears. It's not like a traditional cider. Oh. It's cool. I like it. I'm not going to lie. I'm sorry. I'm not going to rule all of these like this, but day to day, I drink like a Coke product like every single day. Like I drink a Coke Zero like every day. But it's Coca-Cola, not Coke Zero. No, we're inclusive in America and we include our diabetic boys who have to drink Coke I think Coke it's Zero. just because you know the U.S. is going to beat Wales, but I think this is me saying- Oh no, I think Wales is going to beat the U.S. in the actual oh, game. Oh really? They're such yeah. a tiny country. Where do they get good players from? Cardiff? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, what next? What countries? Argentina, which I assume is Yerba Mate, and then Saudi Arabia. Uh, Mate? Not Yerba Mate. No? Just Mate? Oh, Mate is an infusion prepared by soaking dried Yerba Mate leaves in hot water. Okay. And what else? I don't really like Yerba Mate. Saudi Arabia. No, you're not fucking with the uh, Kenny Beats? Oh, uh, Arabic coffee again. That's the problem. Arabic coffee is too generic a term. I can't give it to any country for Arabic coffee. Yo, I'm going to give it to anything that has a specialized cup that you drink it out of. Like, come on. It's got to be like making matcha. Like, Argentina's got to win that one. You know what? Actually, I really don't like Yerba Mate, so I'm going to go with Arabic coffee just because I actually like Arabic coffee. So this is my upset because I think Saudi Arabia definitely is not going to beat a... Can you, can you describe again, like, what the difference is? What makes it Arabic if it's coffee? Uh, you create it in a, in this, like, pot. It's, like, a v- incredibly ground coffee. You just mix it with water and coffee in the pot, and then you put that on a, on a heater until it, like, fizzes off. You're just describing how to make Folgers. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, and then it- So you take out this coffee packet, you boil water in a kettle, and then you mix it together, and you add cream and sugar if you want that. No, no, and then it boils up, and then you take it off, and you let it, like, come back down, and then you put it on the, back on the heat, and let it boil up, and then you, uh, and then you pour it into really tiny cups, because it's very strong. Alright, are we saying Thai? What are we saying on that one? Okay, if you're not ready to give up yours, let's say Thai. Alright, that's gonna be a Thai. Tuesday, November 22nd, expect a Thai at 2am. Denmark and Tunisia. Oh, Denmark has a bunch of them. Let's uh, go with their number one drink. It's called Akavit. Um, it is water, a distilled white, spirit, white mainly produced by Scandinavians, uh, from grains and potatoes. It honestly looks like a uh, like a muddy vodka. Okay. It's distinctive flavor from herbs and spices like caraway and dill seed. And uh, versus whomst? Tunisia. Tea. Just tea? You know what? I gotta give it to tea. <laughs> tea is a great drink, man. What? I mean, I do love tea. I was nato- like, I led the campaign at Trader Joe's saying, let's not have just coffee at the coffee station. Let's have tea too. Let's show off how wonderful tea is and what a wonderful drink it is. I didn't start drinking coffee until my last year of undergrad. Denmark sounds cooler. Muddy vodka Okay, in cooler. the interest of not do- doing too many ties, I'm willing to give this one to Denmark. All right, Paul takes the L to come on to the W side. And uh, shout out to Rabona TV again, Adrian over there, who uh, predicts Denmark to be the top of the group, even though they're in there with France. Uh, I'm excited to see that. Denmark played amazing at the Euros, so let's see it. All right, Mexico y Poland. And I did ask Nicole about Poland's national drink, so I do have a little bit of insight from that. Mexico's tequila, baby. Yay, let's go. Not even mezcal, just tequila. Okay, tequila. And what else? Poland. And she said, what did she say their national drink was? Wikipedia says vodka. Mm, she mentioned a certain type of beer brand. So I guess it'd almost be like saying like Guatemala and Gaia, which like that's our Budweiser or whatever. 
I was gonna say the other thing it mentions is Krupnik, which sounds yeah. Like, okay, yeah. No, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, grain spirit and honey. Oh, that might not be it. Never mind. Uh, All I know is what Nicole said about their national beer is that when you drink it because your cousin stole it from your uncle and you drink it at a, in a cornfield together, warm and disgusting, it hits different. No, I think that might be it. It says it may be served hot or at room temperature or chilled. You can have to <laughs> drink at any temperature. Yeah, it's like sake. Yeah, you can do that. It's like Sasuke Uchiwa. <laughs> You know what? I'm going to give this one to uh, Poland. I think that's a lot more fun than uh, tequila. I hate this because I feel like it makes me feel like a very basic person. I don't like tequila. Like, it makes me throw up. I only have memories of throwing up because I drink tequila. It's not one of my favorites. I'd rather do Poland. Okay, Poland's going to beat Mexico. Is that uh, is that common? No, that's a hot take. That's a hot take? Okay, nice, nice. I want there to like be I hot said, take, so for right, yeah. we get... To- well, that's the thing about when you're talking about Poland, is that they're so variable, and their back line is so old, so it's so different, but you can have hot takes about them, cold takes about them, and room temperature <laughs> takes about them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, France and Australia, mate. Uh, red wine. Okay. Talk about, like, second to tea as just, like, the most hilariously generic one. <laughs> I mean, I get it. Yeah, I get it. Described lemon, lime, and bitters as Australia's national drink. That's according to ABC News. Lemon, lime, bitters? Lemon, lime, and bitters. Okay, that seems like a mocktail, which seems interesting for a country like that full of gooners. Um, I'm going to say red wine on that one. Yeah, I don't really... Why would I drink something without alcohol in it, but that took effort and I had to like make my mixing and my cocktail mixer yeah. dirty to make? I know Internet Shaquille just recently came out with a video about how to do, like, dry months, and, like, one of his things to do is take a sparkling water and add bitters to it to make it taste like a cocktail, but, uh, no, I'd rather just have a glass of red wine. Oh, I guess because bitters technically have alcohol in them, (laughs) so it's considered a mocktail by most people, but Mm -hmm. in some places it is considered that because the bitters have alcohol as an alcoholic drink. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna say that's the lamest thing I've ever heard. Red wine takes the win on that. Yeah, I'm good on that. All right. Morocco versus Croatia. Morocco is Moroccan mint tea, which I've actually had from Trader Joe's, Ooh, as you mentioned. I have two. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. And uh, Croatia. Uh, Croatia has two. Rakiva, R- Rakija, Rakia. Careful. It's a collective term Careful. for free spirits. Uh, okay. I, because I've had Moroccan mint tea, it's got to go for Moroccan mint tea. Great mint tea. Um... So there are two things that I know about gardening from my days. One is that if you want plants that don't die, get rosemary. Rosemary just persists throughout no, like anything. Two, tea plants are very easy to grow and very easy to take care of. I used to have peppermint tea and I used to have lavender tea as two different like species of tea plants that I grew. And there are a lot of nuances in peppermint um, and mint uh when you get like there's chocolate mint there's like other types of mint and uh there's some really beautiful variation in like the nuances and flavor there and moroccan mint's a great one so yeah moroccan i was gonna say i don't know if this changes your mind at all but croatia has a second drink called uh Pelinkovic, which is a drink that is i thought you were gonna say they have a second drink called a negroni and it's adrian's favorite cocktail <laughs> with uh <laughs> it's a it has a very bitter taste re- resembling jaegermeister mm. It doesn't change no. my opinion, but... 
Yeah, I love getting a Jägermeister split two ways or whatever, but I think I'm good on this one. Okay. Germany and Japanese. Japan. Japanese. <laughs> Germany. Germany lager. and Japan. Oh, as Phil once said to me, is Lager? I've never heard it pronounced out loud before. <laughs> <laughs> Japan is green tea. Bruh, this is like that John Mulaney joke. Do you want to have french fries or salad? <laughs> Do you want to have the green tea? The two most different options in the world. <laughs> Do you want to have green tea or lager? Um, so for me, with my specific medical needs, lagers just aren't worth it. They're carby with low alcohol and like kind of just taste eh. So yeah, I would rather have green tea. Honestly, in most situations, I'm going to say I have lagers way more often than I have green tea. And so I have to go with, like, mm. historically what I'm most likely to do. So I think we got to go for another tie, Adrian. All right. Who did better during World War II? Well, Japan lasted longer. All right. <laughs> uh, no, I think Germany's obviously going to win that game. It might be a tie, though. It's actually Japan's really good. Japan has some really good players. Tie? Um, I say we put it down as tie, Adrian. Stop trying to right. force me to go one way or the other. Now we have Espanol y Costa Rica. Spain's is uh, Sangria, and Costa Rica is Imperial, the beer. I, I have that shirt. Uh, Pierce bought it for me when, I was in, when he was in Costa Rica. I'm for sorry, his, uh, that's honeymoon. not a great beer. I'm going to give that to Sangria as a generic drink is better. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that I was rooting for it. Uh, Sangria walks. Sangria <laughs> goes fucking hard, bro. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate Pierce buying me that Imperial shirt, and I'll start wearing it soon, eventually. I haven't worn it yet, but, yo, yeah, Sangria is litty. Also, Sangria is cool, because it's like, not to uh, go back to Hassan Minaj, but he talks about how biryani is, like, Indian, like, every family has their own recipe. Every family has their own Sangria recipe, and, like, I've fought with my parents about, like, you should put brandy in it, like, you should put orange juice in it, and they're like, it's just wine and fruit, that's all you're allowed to put in Sangria, whatever, <laughs> and it's like, come on, let's let's have some fun, like, Publico has one of the best Sangrias, and they put ginger ale in there, it's like, let's 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 live it up a little bit. Mm. Izzy always calls Sangria with, uh, like, sodas in it, Sangreezy. Mmm, I don't understand the reference, but I like it. I, I think because it's easy to make a Sprite and wine. Yeah, put uh, some see, fruit in I there. See. Is that is that what it is, Izzy? Is it because it's easy to make? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, that's it. I mean, Coke and wine is like a common drink in Spain, I think, too, and it's not a bad combination. Sprite, wine, and some fruit. Got yourself a little Sangreezy going. Hey. Although I think that would kill you, right? Maybe uh, Sprite Zero. Thank you, yeah, please. What next? Belgium and Canada. <laughs> Belgium is just beer. <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense. Like me like a Trappistale or something like that. A Caesar. Uh, a cocktail that originated in Alberta, and it looks a lot like a, uh, like a, what do you call it? Like a, what what's a, that spicy tomato? Oh, like a Bloody Mary? It looks a lot like a Bloody Mary. Uh, the Caesar cocktail originating in Alberta is vodka, tomato juice, clam broth, yeah, it's a Bloody hot Mary. sauce, yeah. uh, Worcestershire. Yeah, it's just a Bloody Mary. Um, what distinguishes it from a Bloody Mary is the inclusion of clam broth. Uh, I hate of... Bloody Marys, and I don't see clam broth bringing it back around to be something I like. <laughs> I hate Bloody Marys, too. And I think the one thing I love about Belgian beer is that they just, they really mastered balance. 
I love a good extra stupid extreme hop deluxe beer, but also I love just a really good balanced Saison, and that's what like Belgians do, man. They really know what they're doing I say, there. I, I like Saison, I'm not a big Trappist beer person, so. Wow. You don't like Le Fin de Mont? One of my favorite beers. But it, clearly going to Belgium. <laughs> Canada came through with the worst. Yeah. All right. Four more left. Switzerland and Cameroon. A Switzerland isn't hot chocolate. I'm going to be pissed. It's not. It's Rivella. Which Rivella is a drink that they sell there produced from milk whey. Ooh. So cheese? It looks like a big brand drink, so it's not like a thing you make yourself. Okay. Uh, Yeah, it was produced in the 1950s by a biologist named Hans Susel Zurich. And Cameroon. Odenthal. The poor man's liquor can be deadly in Cameroon. When I Google it, it's the first article that comes up. All right, Cameroon. <laughs> I love a Russian roulette. Yeah, I guess. Do I want that or do I want curdled milk? Yeah, I'll take what the Cameroonians are drinking. Yeah, so the Odenthal seems like a, uh, like a, what do you call it? Like a, uh. Moonshine? A moonshine that sometimes is produced badly. Hey, if Japan's national drink was made with fugu or whatever, that like a uh, pufferfish that could kill you is, like, I would still drink it. Let's yeah, go. that's what I'm going to say. If people are left. If people are willing to risk their health to drink this it stuff, must it must be pretty be good. good. <laughs> yeah. It must be pretty good. <laughs> so we're giving right. uh, this one to Cameroon. Yeah, we got Uruguay. We got Uruguay and South Korea. Which I, I do want to say. <laughs> we were talking about how, um, what is it? One of the ideas we were going to do is we we're going to rank their names, like their nicknames for the team. Uruguay, the only team that uh, bases their nickname off of uh, an indigenous people uh, from their country. Uh, Uruguay is also Mate. Okay, that makes sense. They're geographical neighbors. Versus uh, who? South Korea. Ooh, if it's shoju, I'm going South Korea. Shoju's pretty dope. Yeah, soju. My introduction to shoju is that it's one of the few alcohols that's sweet enough that Tin will drink it. And so he often buys it for us, and we drink it together in a very communal way. And so that's why I emotionally am attached to it. Is It, it reminds me of fun times with Tin. Which one of you is older? Do you guys do the traditional thing where the younger person pours it for, for the... Uh... Pour, the other one boofs it to the younger one. <laughs> where you do body shots <laughs> off the uh, younger person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We do that. Okay, cool. Yeah, all right. I'm into that. I'm doing shoju for that. All right. Uh, okay, now we got Portugal and Ghana. Portugal is port wine. Okay. Not a very, like, I guess it's like a dessert wine. So you yeah. just, like, sip a little bit of it. Okay. Usually pretty high alcohol. I know a lot of Trader Joe's stores don't carry it because it's too high alcohol to carry in a grocery store. And Portugal is playing... Ghana. Akpetishi. Akpetishi is a national spirit created from distilling palm wine and sugar cane. I know I don't like port wine, so I'm going to give it to Akpetishi by the pure luck of maybe I'll like it if I try it. I'm going to go Ghana, too, because I also think in the soccer version of this, too, I think Portugal clearly going to win, but Ghana could, they have a young team, you know, they have some good players, they could do an upset, and I think this is going to be an upset. Last one, Brazil and Serbia. This one seems like a fun matchup. I really like what's going on here. Brazil is Caiprinaja. Uh It's a cocktail made. Oh, Caipirinha. Caipirinha. Wow, seeing how like far I, can we just talk about how far off my pronunciation <laughs> was, which bodes horrible for the other ones that I tried my best on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Brazil's national cocktail made with uh, cachaca, sugar, and lime, but it might be cacaca, cacaha. 
It's a type of rum. I've had plenty of those. Uh, that sounds those delicious. Are, those are dope. Yeah, those are good. You go to Brazilian Steakhouse. Like, I almost kind of associate it with balling out because that's kind of when I have those. And versus? Oh, Serbia. Oh, we already did Serbia. So they're playing twice. Oh, did we do Brazil already? No, because we haven't done Brazil already. We didn't do Serbia. Oh, it's because the link was purple. So Rakia was also the uh, national drink of another country. And that's like what? Fruit liquor? Yes. I got to give it up to Caparina. Or also, also, I, yeah. I'm not going to lie. You should feel better. I also pronounce it incorrectly. In Guatemala, there were a couple of places that didn't understand me when I said it. It's supposed to be like Caparina, not Caparina, but Caparina. Caipirinha or something like that. But yeah, no, they're they're dope. They're really good. It's like, you know, it's like it's limey rum, like light, you know, it's good. Cool. All right, big facts, no cap. Let's get out of here. World Cup. I mean, the games are at like 8 a.m. and like 6 a.m. Maybe we should have the world mug because I'm going to need some coffee for these. Come on now. Mm. Mm. Big fact. It's definitely worth it to go to jail to have a single beer in a Qatari stadium. So shove it up your ass and get in there, boys. Is it true that you want it? Then act like you mean it. With everyone watching, it's truth or dare. Can you feel it? Let go.